Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. On the Logistics of Logistics, I talk to experts in logistics and transportation, warehousing, fulfillment, supply chain, and of course, technology. And during these interviews, I'm always the one asking the dumb questions. I ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. Today's topic is winning capacity management with my friend, Lindsay Watt. Lindsay is the vice president of product at Parade. Technically, Parade is a capacity management platform that helps freight brokerages win more business. But for the freight brokers using it, Parade is not just capacity management. It's a freight brokerage superpower. If your brokerage needs a superpower, please check out my conversation with Lindsay Watt. How's it going, Lindsay? It's going good, man. Thanks for having the show. I'm excited to talk to you. Lindsay, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. For sure. So I'm Lindsay Watt. I'm the VP of Product at Parade. We'll talk a bit more about what we do in a sack. And I'm calling you from not quite so sunny Seattle, Washington today. You had the sun over the summer one time, so it's not complaining. <laughs> so what does Parade do? So Parade, we're in the business of what we call capacity management. And that's, uh, that's jargon for saying that we basically help freight brokers, that's our customer, buy and sell freight better. So carry sales side improves that and also the shipper sales side as well. Interesting. Interesting. So not so long ago when I was still selling freight day to day, we had a carrier network. And I remember visiting another trucking company and they had a big freight brokerage too. And I remember they walked by and they said, this is our carrier sales team. And I was like, carrier sales? Like what? I was like, are they selling carriers here? This is their business? Oh, they must be selling. And I remember thinking to myself is, wow. So they do the rate. They have a brokerage and they have the trucking company and they're also selling other carriers. There's a whole market for that. And they have a whole bunch of guys doing it. And I was like, and then I thought that for a long time. But now I think, rightly so, we say they're not my carrier network. Uh, they're my, <laughs> we, we call it carrier sales now. And it shows that the carriers are our customers too. We need to treat them. So my shippers want to be connected with a great trucking company. My carriers want to be connected with good freight that makes them some money, that fits their lanes, that fits their business. 100%. Also, if you can make it easy for a carrier to buy your loads because you just always have great freight for them, that's fantastic because they didn't become carriers because they wanted to spend all their time trying to find more business. They became carriers because they want to drive. They want some control over their destiny. And if you make it easy for them to keep driving and do the things they love, you get great service in return, great pricing in return, and we want to speed that whole process up. Lindsay, you've been around. You've done some things in this business. So I'll ask you this question. I get a lot of trucking companies, usually smaller ones, calling me and saying, Joe, we just want more good shipper freight. And what they're saying there is shipper freight, meaning not from a broker. Why do you think carriers want that good shipper freight? Why don't they say, I just want good lanes? Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think, first of all, there's no such thing as one broker, right? Like, they're, depending on whose numbers, looking at 18 to 27,000 brokers in the United States, right? It's a massive industry, very fragmented. The best brokers out there, I see, reward the best carriers with yes. good, consistent freight. The challenge is there are also some brokers out there who are a little more transactional, might be more focused on, oh, I got this lane, I'll throw it over there. This one, just they just churn and burn sort of thing. And uh, I think some of those folks may leave a bad taste with some of the, the carriers that they work with. 
But what we see consistently is like time and again, if you're a freight broker and you work with this, the right set of carriers and you reward them with consistent freight, great things happen for everyone. So that's my two cents on how things happen. Yeah. And by the way, you're absolutely right. I love what you said. Carriers get a bad taste in their mouth about some brokers and then they apply it to all brokers. And I'm not saying everybody does this, but it's what we generally do is I've worked with a few brokers who didn't have my best interest at heart. So I don't want to work with brokers. Anything, so I want good shipper freight. It's a competitive advantage. If you're one of the brokerages, it doesn't matter how big you are. If you're a brokerage that all the carriers want to work with and they go, those guys take care of me. And by the way, if you and I owned a small trucking company or a big trucking company for that matter, and we said, here are the five or seven or 10 truck or brokerages that go above and beyond for us. They truly care about us. They want to make sure we get paid. They give us good lanes. They ask us what lanes we're looking for. They really take the time to understand our needs in this deal. Those brokers are going to do better. And we're going to do better because we picked the right brokers to work with. 100%, right? If I live in the Southeast and I want to drive in the Southeast and be home on Friday, I can order the broker who's like, I respect that. I will help you make this happen. I'm going to order that person a lot more. And that's what Parade wants to help you do. And by the way, once you know that person's in the Southeast, you can use them to go win more freight in the Southeast. That's the nice thing. It benefits everybody. Yeah. And there's a, I've said it before on the podcast is, Freight moves on trucks, but the, the things that moves trucks is relationships. And we need to, to take that to heart. When we started saying carrier sales, everybody quickly adapted that. We stopped saying carrier networks. We said carrier sales, reflecting that those guys who drive the trucks, the carriers, they are our customer just as much as the shippers. I don't know that we put the same effort forth to them that we needed to, as we've always done to the shipper still write us the check. So if somebody said they're both your customer, they're the one who writes the check, the shippers, right? But I can't get a check from the shippers if I don't have a carrier network that wants to work with me. I totally agree. I think one of the things that you talk about relationships and one of my favorite conversations in freight is what is a relationship? Because I've worked with some brokerages who they're like, I measure their, their proxy for a relationship is how many calls did you place per day? And if you sit and actually sit on the floor with a brokerage sales rep, they're calling somebody up and they're like, hey, I got a load of Chicago today, going to Wisconsin, do you want it? And the person's like, I'm in Florida, go away. And is that a relationship? That does not feel like a relationship to me. That feels like a transaction. And what, what I think of a relationship is, you know what? When it comes to the freight that you want, you're just going to get it. I'm going to push to you through email or however you want, just the freight that's a good match for you, Mr. or Mrs. Carrier. And when I call you, it's so that we can talk about what are your lane preferences? Do I still have all your equipment up to date so I'm making sure you get the right stuff? Do you want to go? Do you like long haul or do you like short haul? Do you want to be home on the weekends, see your family? Like that sort of stuff. Those are the sort of, that's the relationship part of freight. And at Parade, we want to free you up to focus on that, that part of the side of the business. Not the, hey, do you have a truck today? Do you have a truck today? Do you have a truck today? I love it. I love it. Lindsay, tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Some career highlights before you joined the juggernaut that is Parade. <laughs> I'm originally Canadian. I grew up in Ottawa, the capital. I went to school in a place called Queens. Everyone's like, oh, I went to school in New York. And I'm like, no, I went to school in Kingston, Ontario. You've never heard of it. After I, after I did an undergraduate degree in, in engineering physics, I like the math. Um, but then I never practiced as an engineer. I really like technology. Oh, I want to go figure out how to build stuff with technology. And so fast forward a couple of years, I kicked around, tried a few different industries. I got lucky 
and I ended up working for a ultimately unsuccessful startup in 2006. So I'm dating here, right? Uh, and that was my introduction to the internet and what's now called product management, which is building internet-based software, building software for our feature products that solve problems for folks with technology. That's what I love doing. And I've been doing it ever since. And most recently, for the last 10 years, I've been doing it in the Seattle area. And I'll tell you a little bit back because it talks, talks about my journey into logistics and why I think this is the most fascinating industry that no one talks about, or at least didn't talk about until COVID, but everyone should be talking about it all the time. So I went to work in Amazon, right? Went to work in Amazon and <clears throat> had a really right. interesting experience there. Yeah, they, they, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. We're world's biggest bookstore. So I was there for a couple of years and I got to do a lot of really interesting early stage work there. So the first job I had was helping to build a checkout list store, right? So you could actually just, just walk in and just walk out of technology. You didn't have to stop at the door. It was crazy to see this company trying to do something that was like literally the, the utter limits of what technology could do at the time. I did a little bit on voice shopping. So if you ever asked Alexa to buy something, and we come to my team first, we got the first kick in can. And then my last job there was on the operations side. And I helped launch a sidewalk robot. So the company was saying, hey, you know what? There's certain areas uh, that are just not dense enough for us. Could we use sidewalk robots to get people packages faster, et cetera? And it was that last experience that really got me introduced to logistics. Because it's not fair to Amazon to say this, because a lot of people doing a lot of great stuff there. But you could be like, hey, they're like just a giant supply chain with a website on the front. Like their supply chain is amazing. What they've done with, with two-day delivery, one-day delivery, couple-hour delivery, it is, when you stand at one of those warehouses and share fulfillment centers and see it, you're just, it's incredible because logistics goosebumps is what you get sort of thing. And that made me fall in love with supply chains and logistics. And I was looking for my next adventure and I got a call from some folks at Convoy. He said, hey, this is back in 2015 or so. They're like, hey, we're building this thing called a digital freight brokerage, and we need some help on the shipper side. Would you be interested in joining? So I got to know the, the founding team, got to see the projects they were working on. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I had no idea what this freight brokerage industry was. It's really fragmented. There's like this, it's there, the it's really resilient, but it's very manual. There's a lot of like things here that could be improved upon. <clears throat> and the original hypothesis then was that someone was gonna turn into an 800 pound gorilla as a digital freight broker. So that sounds interesting. We enjoyed that. Fast forward two years, shipped a lot of stuff at Convoy, companies doing well at the time. But I'm realizing like, you know what? Do I really want to be a freight broker or do I want to solve technology problems for all freight brokers? And I realized that I'm someone who really likes to build platforms. And when I looked at, when I looked at the brokerage industry, I was like, wow, Freight brokers are incredibly competitive people. There's no way Convoy is going to become the 800-pound gorilla. Like it's just, there's not going to be one freight broker. For, we can go into a variety of reasons why there's not going to be one freight broker that's going to rule them all. But every freight broker is going to benefit from technology. They're all going to need some platform like a Convoy or like an Uber Freight. It doesn't mean to get an app on your phone as a carrier, but that same sort of technology that helps you price, figure out which carriers to use, et cetera, that is interesting. And I want to go figure out how to build that. And by the way, if we can build that for all freight brokers, we can help all freight brokers because the network will get better. And so that takes me to about I think, 2017, 2018. And that's when I got to know the folks at Parade. And they were talking about this capacity management. And I was like, what is capacity management? It doesn't make any sense to me. And what I realized was that when Anthony, Tony, and Preet, the founders, talked about their vision for capacity management, they were describing that platform that can help all freight brokers get better, to help both sides. 
And that got me in. I've been there ever since. I think we're doing great, but we're just getting started because this is such an interesting industry to be in. So let me pause there. No, I love it. I love it. And by the way, I have interviewed Anthony a few years ago. I'll make sure we put that in the show notes. And again, I, I do think having that convoy experience is great. We were talking about before we hit record. <laughs> Sorry that uh, it failed, but they changed this industry for good. Totally. They raised the bar on what we was all expected of us. And we're seeing this right now. We see all sorts of companies, we'll mention all their names, who've gone into kind of a pioneering space and really expanded the envelope of our business in ways that we didn't think. And there's that old saying is the pioneers end up with arrows in their back. And there's some truth to that. The ones that survive, great. But I'll tell you what, having worked, I've said to you before we record, the wealthiest people on the planet invested in Convoy. So it tells you that they're looking and saying, total addressable market's huge, um, fragmented, not using a lot of technology. We're going to invest in the space. So even though it didn't work out for Convoy, those things are all still very true. We have this tremendously fragmented space that is still very disconnected. You look at the largest carrier has what one and a half percent of the market that is a crazy thing to say i'm drinking like diet coke what percent does yeah exactly there's no coke or pepsi in freight right there's no coke or pepsi there's no mcdonald's there's no ford or gm or nissan or toyota these are small fantastic companies you go they have one and a half percent of the market but they have twenty five thousand trucks so we we are and the reason i always say technology came late to this space is because it was the hardest as a technologist, for you to wire up a factory or in the office space in front, that's fairly easy. Connecting all the suppliers across the planet and all the logistics partners, a little more difficult than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> job for life. We like to say it's a job yeah, for life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Lindsay, before we hit record, I asked you, give me three bullet points why I should care about capacity management. So when we talk about those, so what's the first reason I need to consider even, and first of all, I need to find capacity management and then tell me what those three bullet points are. Give me one, one at a time. For sure. So capacity management is about deeply understanding your carrier base and using that to cover trucks at a lower price and do more loads per day. And then also use those carriers to win more freight with your shippers. And so we can talk about both of those. Yep. So you said before we hit record, you said this is a commoditized business. So when I call and say, and this is the system with the challenge, when we send emails or we send a, or let, do a voicemail, whatever we're doing, however we're connecting with somebody, and I say, I can get you a lower price on that lane. Uh, the carriers, uh, the shipper is like, yeah, sure you can, right? <laughs> because you have magic beans, right? It, it, we are very much a commoditized business. It's hard to it's hard to convince somebody that you're cheaper, other than unless they say, "Yeah, I just quoted ten other people with you, and by the way, you're the cheapest," which just as likely means you don't understand the lane. <laughs> totally. And the, the flip side is, is one of the things we, we talk about your advantage, right? So, so do you have a price advantage versus everybody else on the lane? And if you do, typically the way we see that coming about is you have better depth of capacity on the lane. You know where your carriers go. You run those carriers consistently on those lanes. So you can go to a shipper and you can go, hey, 
if I'm coming in 50 bucks lower than everybody else, it's because, you know what? I've got these three carriers that I run this lane with all the time. Like, I actually know this lane like the back of my hand, right? Or if I haven't run this lane, I've got this one carrier that does all the time. And I am the only person who knows this carrier runs that all the time. So I'm bringing you essentially a truck in hand. So I'm confident I can procure freight at a lower price than my competition out there, but at the same or better level of service because I've got these carriers that I've nurtured and I know so well that I can give you, Mr. Shipper, that fantastic outcome. Yep. So in a commoditized market where it's wildly competitive, sometimes to a crazy extent, especially now, having carriers that want to work with me, that are consistently working with me, that are getting a lot of business from me, and they say, hey, like 10% of my 10% of my business is coming from that broker. They have when their emails come, I pay attention. When they call, I pay attention because the reason I'm getting 10% of my work from them is because we have alignment. They're paying me right. They're getting me the right lanes. We have a relationship of some sort that is working for both of us. And that's the competitive advantage a broker needs, which is I have carriers that want to work with me. And I'm not saying this is necessarily happening, but I do know there's certain places to deliver. And I think Walmart was one of these places and some places where, where carriers would say, I will work I will take a little less per mile to go to that location. Why? Because they got a nice situation as far as unloading. They have a nice rest area. Yeah, totally. A couple of vending machines, maybe yeah. even a shower. Yeah. That's what matters. They got Wi-Fi. They got a nice Lazy Boy TV shower, and they unload you pretty quick. I jump in there. I take a rest, take a shower on my way. I will do that for cheaper. Why? Because it works. And I'm not saying you necessarily that should be the only thing that makes it a better relationship is that carriers give me a better deal. If you say, look, I work with these guys every day because they understand that lane better than everybody else because they do it so much. They're the masters of the Southeast, they're the masters of the Northwest, whatever it is. I, I like working with these guys. Yep, absolutely. I think we one of the things you, you and I were talking about this before was relationships is the word that gets thrown around in freight so much, right? And I think a lot of, I think there's a misconception what a relationship is in freight sometimes. A lot of people think of a relationship as, did I call the carrier recently? But if all you do is call a carrier and be like, hey man, do you want this load? And then hung up, and then they said no, that's not a relationship. That's almost telemarketing, right? I don't consider it like, the telemarketers call me all the time, but I don't think we have a relationship. The relationship comes when I can honor the freight that you want automatically when you do when i just when you talked about your carrier says when that emails come from this broker i open them right when emails come from parade you open them because parade is sending emails from the broker offering you the freight you want parade's giving you the first kick of the cans the freight the exclusive that you want so now instead of getting called by the broker every day you're able to self-serve and when the broker does call you're talking about things like hey do I have your lane preferences right? Is your equipment up to date? Are there certain areas that you want to do? Would you be open to getting a hazmat certification if I could bring you this sort of freight? Those are that's a much higher level relationship based conversation, and that's where we really want to help the industry push. Yes, and please don't accuse me of being sexist in the nicest way. Sometimes you, you see the differences between men and women, where women have a relationship with a, either a friend or a significant other, and they are really trying to understand what are you thinking about what's going on in your life where guys are like oh i'm in a relationship i sit uh, on the couch next to this guy and we watch football and then at the end of the day he says how, how is Lindsay doing you go i don't know 
<laughs> we were watching TV. Good. We were, okay. Yeah. And I think that that is that transactional relationship. And I'm not being critical of people who don't necessarily develop those relationships. But when it comes to this, these relationships help us stop being part of the commodity, stop making us compete in these. Uh, there's the blue ocean is where I don't have, I'm not part of this brutal fight that creates the red ocean, right? We can make more money and we can have higher margins if, and, get, and you call it unit economics. We can do better on that. So please elaborate a little bit on unit economics and how you guys help people do better on that because of this. For sure. Let me give you an example from both sides of the brokerage, right? Let's start with the carrier sales side, right? So we have shown again and again that if you've got a carrier that you work with, if you can just push them freight that they want on a consistent basis, right? They will reward you with a lower price, right? You can say if the lane typically would cost, the market might be at 700 bucks, maybe you can go at 650 and always get it at 650 from this one carrier because they know that you always have that load for them. It's always available and therefore their life is predictable. They know you're going to pay them on time. They're going to have that load. Carriers have to spend time to find loads. When they're finding time, they're not getting paid. If you can make it easy for them to get paid and work, they don't want to spend their time looking for work. That's not how they became a driver. So we do that. That helps you get a better gross margin, right? The difference between what the shipper pays you once you pay the carrier. In addition, we're doing this in an automated fashion. So the people who handle loads at your brokerage, they're doing 10 loads a day. Now they're doing 15 or 20. That reduces your, or improves rather, your operating margin, right? So the carrier sales side improves, can make more money per load, plus you're doing more loads per day. Now, we're with the shipper sales side. Here, you were talking about commoditization, right? An example of commoditization on the shipper side is your sales team is out there bidding for freight and they're going to whatever market index they use, marking it up 12%. Sending it off and winning one to three percent of their loads, right? What's much better is if you know you can get this carrier, you can buy that lane at six fifty because you've got that carrier. Then let's go in at fifty bucks lower than everybody else and go win that lane at the same gross margin. So now I'm winning more freight, making the same gross margin because I'm using my carrier base to my advantage. So that's what we do. We started off on one side being like, how do we help you make sure that you cover the carrier sales side really well? And then let's take all that proprietary knowledge you have there and use it to go win more freight. Yep. And when we think about this freight brokerage market, 25,000, you said 18 to 27,000, depending who you listen to. So we know the top 1,200, top 1,500 have 85, 90% of the market. And that leaves the rest, the other 20,000 making up getting 15% of the market, maybe 10% of the market. There's still plenty of freight. And there's still, by the way, there's a whole bunch of unknown companies below that 1500 who are killing it, but they would love to grow to so they could be top of the 1500. But those top 1200 or 1500 companies, uh, we know their names. Uh, they have money, either venture capital money or private equity money, or uh, a big stream of income that allows them to invest in the very best technologies, which enable them to lower their cost per transaction. And they already have it. They don't have to necessarily price for it. If they say, hey, Joe, Lindsay, you got that little brokerage. Our costs per transaction are 20% lower than yours, but we don't do anything about it. We just, we'll, we'll bid it the same as you, except their margins are higher. Totally. And what happens, we always use this 
and said, when the tide goes out, you figure out who doesn't have a bathing suit. The tide, you could look at the tide as a market or margin compression. The guys who have lowered their cost per transaction can survive the bad times better and then thrive in the good times because they've made those investments. And by the way, it's easy to make investments when you're making a billion dollars in revenue. <laughs> it's smaller companies that need to, if you want to stay in this game, and again, this is the trucking business is fragmented, so is the brokerage business. I, I don't feel strongly about this position, but I'm of the opinion we'll have fewer brokers in the future. And the brokers that are still around are going to be very good at technology. They have made those investments. That's why they get to stay. We have, uh, it's interesting you mentioned that because one of the, we have a couple of customers, one in particular comes to my mind. They're doing about a thousand loads per month. There's only a thousand loads per month. They'd be very small in the grand scheme of like brokers. They're hungry. These guys are like, oh, good living. <laughs> they're like, we, this particular owner is like, I am building the next great freight company in America. And he from, but he, he's a little different than other folks. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to build the next great freight company, but from day one, I want to make sure my unit economics are better so that, you know what, if everyone else has a 5% net margin that they can live at, I want to be able to, I want to be able to get more than five because I can actually price better. I provide better service, et cetera. And so he got involved with parade very early in the, in the life cycle of his company. And now he's grown at hundred percent year over year. And he looks different from other companies out there. He's doing 15, 20 loads per carrier up per day. And that's the new normal for him, right? Versus 10% for his peer, 10 per, per day for his peers. His margins are consistently at 16 versus 14. And he's in, wholeheartedly embraced technology from day one in the sense of saying, not, I'm not buying technology for technology's sake. I'm buying technology because if I deploy this in the right way, my unit economics are just unfairly better than everybody else. And that means I can either have a higher profit or I can take more share or I can play around in both depending on what makes sense for my business. Yeah. I remember years ago when I was still taking classes in college when I was finishing my master's and uh, there was this case study and I think it was related to cans, cans that you would get, can of beans, can of corn, whatever. And this little can company was obsessive about reducing their costs. And so they got to a place where even though they were smaller than everybody else, their cost was so much lower that at some point they started eating the market and they became a market leader just because they were more efficient. And effective means I got the job done, the desired result. Efficient means I got it done with the minimum amount of resources, whether it's people or money, right? Becoming efficient is everything. So if you can be that guy that you just described that is getting an extra 2% of margin, in the long run, he is winning. He is running the six and a half minute mile while the rest of you are running eight minute miles. <laughs> totally. And the, the other thing too that's really exciting is it used to be like, you know, it used to be like, oh, you can, you can get efficiency or you can get growth, right? And What's interesting now is I think you can get both because you can take those efficiencies there and you can turn that into a sharper price, right? Which we can help you with, help you price better and help you actually put that freight on loads. And now you're turning your efficiency into that ability to win more freight faster. And that's what I think is really exciting that like things are a little different maybe from like a can company was 30 years ago where like the technology actually helps you speed up that advantage from the efficiencies 
turn into revenue faster. That's always been the role of technology. When the technology was a shovel, the guy who had a shovel versus the guy who was doing it by hand <laughs> did much better, right? The guy who was collecting totally. water with a coconut did better than the guy who didn't have a coconut. So anyway, we talked about why we need capacity management. If you get better capacity management, you can get out of this commoditized world of, I'm just trying to somehow make the same get the same price and get the same margin as everyone else, but then somehow win. Okay. I don't know how that happens. Everybody gets the same, but also again, you talked about unit economics. We all have to thrive to get to make more money, get those higher margins, improve those unit economics. Talk a little bit about not using preferred cares or versus using preferred cares and how parade can help us with that. For sure. For sure. So if you look at any brokerage in America, right. <clears throat> There's a set of carriers who they just know really well, right? And when you use those carriers again and again, what happens? Well, a lot of good things happen. Number one is you're going to make you get better rates from them because you're just rewarding them with more work, which we, we talked about it. Like they'll reward you with better pricing if you do more work and make it easy for them to buy your freight. The second thing is it's better outcomes for your shippers. If you can get the same carrier on the, the same lane again and again, they learn the facility. They learn that there's the, like, freight's got nuances, right? The guard at the Safeway station, the way you got to check in there, it's different from what you have to do at the Walmart. And those things matter. Those are the difference between detention or on-time delivery and other things. And so the more you can reward your freight with repeat, excuse me, reward your carriers with repeated freight or keep using them again and again, the better outcomes it is, not just for you, but for your shipper as well. So there's an opportunity for all three parties in freight, the shipper, the carrier and the broker to do better here if we can drive that carrier reuse again and again. And I, I always use the term account familiarity. They get to know your facilities. They get to know you. But also, again, it's that account familiarity. It, it, we begin living with a shorthand. I work with Lindsay all the time. I get to know him. I know he takes off a, a Wednesday afternoons to golf. Whatever it is that that dock closes at four on Fridays, whatever those little things are, the difference between being successful and not being successful. And I, I, I think, again, take the time to vet and then get those right relationships. And by the way, freight fraud is a big problem in our space. When I'm working with the same companies year in, year out, are they going to be the ones that defraud me? Probably not. Probably not. No, exactly. And I'm not saying that we can't use some of the cool technologies that are out there. We absolutely should. But long-term relationships has a, a way of preventing that nonsense from happening to us. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Lindsay, what if somebody's listening and says, okay, you've convinced me, Lindsay, I want to use Parade to help so I can get that winning capacity management. How do I do this? What, how do I start and what does it cost me? Or they don't have to give the exact cost because I know it probably varies. But how long does it take to get started and, and what benefits will I start to see? Yeah, so we can get you up and running pretty darn fast, right? So if you contact us at Parade, say sales at Parade.ai or similar, we're going to talk to you. We can get you up and running in as little as six weeks. It typically takes six to 12 weeks. We're going to connect to the GMS, and you're going to see benefits on day one. So the day we get you live, one of the things that's fantastic is you're going to start, you're going to start, 
show up at work that day and there's gonna be a fire hose of quotes awaiting you and your whole carrier sales team is like oh my gosh we just got more loads covered today at better prices like with trusted carriers than we thought was possible. where are those extra why am i going to get a fire hose where's that coming from i already have fifteen thousand people in my network totally the, the one of the one of the things we see again and again is i wish we talked about it's a very fragmented market when it's a fragmented market that means that nobody's got the power to tell people to work their way and so as a freight broker if you want to be really successful and get the, the most high quality quotes possible, most high quality bookings possible, you've got to get your loads in front of carriers. And that sounds easy, but it's actually quite hard to do because carriers find work in a lot. And they're, some are so small, it's hard to find them. <laughs> exactly. And so we parade, we bend over backwards to get your loads in front of carriers. That means there's at least 16 different load boards that we're connected with where we'll put your freight out there and make it quotable. We're going to give you a private portal, which is your own load board. We're going to send an enormous amount of personalized emails on your behalf with personalized freight to different carriers. There's a whole bunch of things that we do, and we set that all up for you. So you get me more carriers for my lane. So if I normally had th three companies bidding on a lane, now I got 10? Absolutely, because you've got... There are carriers out there who want to work with you who don't know you today, and they want to introduce themselves. There's carriers you're working with today who actually run that lane, but you just don't know that because you haven't talked to them about that particular lane and we can help there. And then there's the core carriers who you work with all the time, but you might forget to actually go and contact them. We'll go and contact them on your behalf. There's, there is no shortage of carriers who want to work with every freight broker in America if you can just get in front of them at the right time. And that's where we can help. Yeah. And I'm assuming you're using AI and some of those kind of things these days. Yeah. We look at, we, we like the data. We like the data and we look at a lot of different things. So I will say this is if I want to maintain a relationship with you, Lindsay, I go, okay, we need to exchange phone numbers and email and whatever. That's cool. But if I need to maintain a relationship with thousands of carriers, I could put them all in Excel spreadsheets. I'm going to call them every day and I'm going to talk to them about the lanes that make the most sense for them. This is one of those problems that I'm running across this more and more where our puny little human brain isn't good enough to do this. So even though we keep talking about relationships and relationships are human, this is an enabler, the technology that enables me to have the relationships with the right carriers. So the ones who want the lanes I have. Yep. I always think of it, the way to describe it to folks is there are a ton of signals coming to parade about which carriers want which lanes, right? It, it could be lane preferences they collected. It could be email clicks on lane on loads that they're there. It could be quotes they put in. It could be available trucks. There's only signals that come in and there's freight coming to your brokerage too. And every time there's a new signal or there's a new load, we need to go and see if there's a match. And no human on earth can possibly do that. But machines are actually really good at that. And so that's where they can help. And then they can introduce the carriers to load and free up the person to actually spend more time negotiating or building those carrier relationships, et cetera. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. This is enabling me to build the relationships that I should be building. Because again, I could be very conscientious and say, look, I've got 15,000 carriers. And my goal is to talk to them every day. If I'm talking to 12,050, 500 that have no desire to talk to me because I don't have good lanes for them, I'm wasting my time and their time. So I want relationships with people we can do business with. This is a, this is a business relationship after all. So, so being polite and kind to all these guys who I can't give business to, it's still a waste of their time if you are kind and polite. 
They they will probably not be polite and kind to you for a while if you keep calling them with phrases they don't want. No, dude, I just want to build a relationship. I heard that in the podcast. We should all have relationships. You want the good relationships with people who you can do some work with. And again, that makes the most sense. And honestly, humans don't have the ability to do this on their own. If you're small, you do. But the larger you get, and again, the big dude. Doesn't scale. The guys who are at the top 1,500 freight brokerages, they have this. They either bought it from Parade or somebody else, or they developed it. A lot of cases, they'll develop their own technology. But for the rest of us, the 20,000 that are not in that grouping, they need a tool like this. Absolutely. So I'm going to summarize that I want you to get some final thoughts on it. Put a big bow on it for us, Lindsay Watt. So this is a very difficult market. It's commoditized. Usually you don't have a competitive advantage over any other freight broker. Unit economics, which have been very difficult lately. We have margin compression. We're making less money, not more money. And that's somewhat because our operations don't allow us to get the preferred carriers, the carriers that want our lanes. We do the best we can manually. It just doesn't take us all the way there. The guy who has the tool like Parade is going to get there, much more likely to get there sooner than you are doing it manually. And um, again, those preferred carriers are also going to get you the better outcome. So this is a way to set yourself above the rest of the market, get a competitive advantage, make more money, higher margins, and do a better job because you got better carriers on the lanes. You have carriers who actually belong in that lane. Put a big bow on this one, Lindsay Watt. For sure. So let's go back to the start, right? Capacity management helps you buy and sell freight better. And to the points you're talking about unit economics, if you can reuse your carriers and add some automation to how you actually book those carriers, you're going to make more money per load. You're going to do more loads per day. That's a great place your brokerage should be. Then you're going to turn around and you're going to take all that advantage that you've got from building those carrier relationships and you're going to use it to go win more freight and not be commoditized because you can actually go price better than everybody else and you've got those relationships to enable it. So if you're looking to create a sustainable long-term advantage as a broker, the best way you can do that is through building those great carrier relationships and parades the platform that helps you go build those relationships and then translate into durable economic value, meaningful bottom line. I love it. So what I'll do, Lindsay, I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile, a link to your website and any other links Uh, you and your marketing team give me. I like to interview the rock stars of this business, people who are killing it like you. Who else should I interview? Yeah, you were, I think there's a lot of great folks in freight. I think you were talking earlier, a really timely topic is fraud, the integrity of the marketplace. And I think two folks you should consider talking to there. I look at Jay Pelkey, who's the CEO of My Carrier Portal. They're doing a lot of really interesting stuff. And then you've also got Michael Caney, who's the chief commercial officer at Highway. I think both of those folks be Really interesting guests for your audience and have, you can have a very good, healthy conversation. I love it. I love it. I will reach out and talk to them. And I have not talked. I talked to uh, Jordan Graff from uh, Highway. It's been a while. I would love to talk to Michael. And then uh, Jay Pelkey. I definitely recognize that. Yeah, I know we're connected on LinkedIn, but I have not talked to anyone from my carrier portal. So what do they do again? They do a couple of things. They do uh, onboarding services. They also have some insurance services. They're in the the nexus of like making sure that carriers are who they say they are and make sure that uh, fraud can be reduced. So when somebody works with you, I take it you partner with both these companies? We do both these companies as well as RMIS. When you're looking to get a fire hose of quotes from carriers, you want to be sure that they're from trusted carriers. And so 
we rely on people's investments they've made in RMIS or my carry back or my care portal or highway to help vet that. And so they're, they're close partners of ours. What is RMIS? I keep hearing that name lately. It is. It's another identity service. It's owned by Truckstar, but I think it's long time ago. I think it was registry monitoring insurance service or something. And they, they quickly contracted that to RMIS because it's a little easier to remember. I love it. But all three companies do similar stuff. It's great. They're really interesting folks. Look forward to interviewing Michael and Jay. What conferences will we see you and the fine folks from Parade at? Yeah, we try and hit up all the conferences. We'll be at any TIA one. We'll be there. Similarly for uh, Manifest, we'll probably be there. And then the Freight Waves conferences. If you come by, you might even see me on stage. We'd like to give demos there. So, all right, uh, all right. We try and help. Well, I know this. I go to a lot of the conferences, and I always see the Parade people there. That's <laughs> And by the way, again, getting back to it, you guys work with brokers, right? Correct. Our customers are free brokers. Excellent. Excellent. So again, I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile, a link to your website and any other links you and your marketing team give me. I'll also put a link to my interview a few years ago with Anthony, one of the founders of Parade. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. It was my pleasure. You're very welcome. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You have been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage with leaders in the logistics and supply chain community. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, hit the like button, and leave us a nice review on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you listen. Also, please check out our videos on YouTube and connect with us on LinkedIn. We're very big on LinkedIn. And you can also reach us on the logisticsoflogistics.com, our website.